Welcome to the Soul Surgery Podcast. My name is Nikki Clinch and I am your host. I am a maturation facilitator, teacher and coach, integrative holistic health counselor, breathwork facilitator and author. I am the founder of the Academy of Maturation Coaching, The Alchemy of Being, where I train as many people as I can to become powerful spaces for human beings to come home to their authentic truth. Maturation is a powerful evolutionary process of dissolving trauma, breaking free of stuck patterns, and growing and healing at the taproot. Growing out of who we thought we were from the stories led by our past conditioning in order to grow and evolve into who we were born to be. In this podcast, I will be sharing many different things with you, opening up the doorways to my coaching sessions where you can witness with your own eyes how trauma contaminates our reality and how we can dissolve it, heal it at the root and rewrite the story of our lives, reclaiming our power and reminding each one of us that who we are is wholeness. I will be interviewing some of the world's most prominent teachers in spirituality, healing, transformation, and human involvement, and sharing with you my own teachings and learnings along the way, and above all, sharing with you my heart. The purpose of this podcast is to remind each one of you who you really are, to open up the doorway to a new possibility, to a new paradigm, to healing, health, transformation, and our involvement as individuals and a species. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One thing that you can do for me, if you find this podcast useful and if you love it, please do subscribe. And if you feel called to leave a review because reviews really matter. They help to spread the word and help to spread this podcast to as many people as we can. And lastly, If you have any big aha moments, any shifts, any insights in any of these episodes, please do share it with me. Share with me which episode it was, where in the episode it happened, and how it has impacted you and your life. Because there is nothing more I love than hearing from you and hearing your healing. So without further ado, let's get going. I hope you enjoy today's episode on the Soul Surgery Podcast. Hello, Poppy Jamie. It's so wonderful to have you here on the Soul Surgery Podcast and part of my Surrender series. How are you today? Nikki, thank you so much for having me. I'm such a huge fan of your book, so it's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm so proud of you as well with your book. I just saw that your book just got some amazing accolade or award was what 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 was it you were on sometimes huge list or oh that was it apple books had recommended your book next to Oprah. <laughs> i know i was having such a meltdown when it happened like in terms of like meltdown i couldn't believe it and i was with on holiday with my parents and i had no idea it was about to happen and then it was like one of those, you know, like lazy Sundays. And I'm sure loads of, you know, people have had that kind of like random email that's popped into their inbox or that random message of good news. And it comes out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, that's like made my year. <laughs> oh, that really, I saw it. And that's like the ultimate dream to even see yourself next to Oprah is just like, <laughs> yeah my, my parents like they've definitely got the wrong person they've got the wrong person 
Oh, well, congratulations. And we can see your book behind you. Happy, not perfect. And, you know, I, I met you, I I was thinking back on this. um, I met you just as you were launching or just about to launch Happy Not Perfect as a brand and as the app. And I remember that whole beginning phase and it has just become such a huge thing, really. Congratulations with all of that. Do you remember the the, the journey of that just before you birthed it? Do you remember where you were I do. I remember the phone call that we had. I even remember where I was. I was in LA at the time. And then um, you were my third guest on my podcast and your episode is still I think to this day probably the most listened to episode and uh you were the Mm. first person to really educate people about compassion the word compassion actually two and a half years ago was a word that not many people really understood truly the meaning of self-compassion and um so yeah you're my star podcast guest Oh, thank you. I love hearing that. Yeah. I mean, compassion. Wow. Do we need a lot of compassion these days, even more now than ever before? I think where I look at where we are in the world. Um, So yes, continuing to educate about that. But let's talk about you and surrender. So this is my surrender series. And I've invited a handful of people who have Spaces of impact, voices that people are listening to um, onto the series, because I want to hear about what has been your journey with surrender in your life um, and in yourself. Because I really think that the most powerful way that we can educate is through human story, because it is really in the human story that other people hear themselves. That's where we hear, oh, wow, I do that, and I do that, and I felt that. And that's not only do we hear identification, but we feel connection. We feel less alone. We feel that sense of belonging. So it's such a powerful way to teach. So thank you for coming on. The first thing I want to ask you is what does surrender mean to you when I say that word to you? Surrender has come to mean probably the most important um, practice, I guess, um, and protection for my mental health. Because before I really understood uh, about the, the idea of surrender or even what it was, I was the opposite of a surrenderer. I was a hoarder, a clinger on a controller, a micromanager. And um, And that was what caused my complete mental and physical health breakdown, like my inability to surrender and just hold on to everything to try to make it go the way I wanted it to go. Um, Had such health implications. I was terribly anxious, um, didn't sleep. My digestion basically stopped because of my anxiety. And I was such a ball of stress and um and surrender was um you know people like yourself amazing spiritual leaders um dr r hawkins wrote a book called letting go i remember reading and i it was this like new concept of what wow like is that even possible but does that mean you've given up if you surrender and then yeah. you realize quite the opposite yes 
Thank you for sharing that. I actually didn't even realize that you went through such a difficult time. But I think what you speak about, a lot of people will identify with. I mean, we are programmed from so early on that the more we achieve and the more we push and the more we know and the more we have it together and the more we're in control, that somehow that means we're better or we'll do better <laughs> or we'll get more. And it is just, it, it's like the opposite. Like the, <laughs> it creates so much suffering. It just, it doesn't, yeah. it's not effective at all. <laughs> I know. So tell me, tell me, tell me a little bit about that time. Like what, yeah, what, what, what was it? Do you think that was at the root of the control um, and needing things to be a certain way? Well, I mean, I think, and this is what I write extensively in the beginning of my book in terms of like, what were my core, like human needs driving this really kind of perfectionist, anxious workaholism. And it was workaholism. I was addicted to work because I felt work would get me the things that, um, you know, deep down I wanted, which is I love acceptance um, and feeling like I belonged. And I grew up, you know, in a very English home, which was, you know, always being told just to, you know, work very hard, work very hard. And I then thought, well, that clearly then is my solution to every insecurity. So, you know, at the age of 12, um, when I realized that I had like no superpower, like, you know, Charlie has the great kind of ponytail and Nick is good at swimming and, you know, Sarah's yeah. great at dancing. And I'm like, oh, oh God, I've got no superpower, no superpower to attract friends. Well, okay, maybe if I just work harder, maybe that can be my thing. And so a kind of um, a behavior that I developed from such a young age um, that isn't in itself necessarily unhealthy to work hard. You know, and, and some people would say it's quite virtuous, but it got so out of moderation because it was my addiction to make me feel better on the inside. And so at the age of 22, when I moved to LA, it just went into total overdrive. Like my, yeah. my feeling of just being so not enough was then fueling this, well, I'm going to work all hours of the day and night. And I still have to go to every single party and I still have to, oh, I've got to work out. And I, I can't just do a light workout. I've got to work out so hard. And everything was just so extreme. And, you know, if things were not perfect, that was such a threat to me that I was like, oh, solution. I'm just going to work harder to make it a bit more perfect. And that just led me into total destruction. Um, it's exhausting. And I really relate, you know, it is, it's an absolutely um, painful, it's such a painful place to be and a way to live. Um, I've absolutely been in the same place. You know, when you speak about it, it's not so, it's not such a bad thing to want to work hard. You, you know, you're right. It's not the working hard that, that is actually the problem. It's what we want to use the working hard for to fill a hole, to overcompensate for a sense of lack or a story of lack. You know, I always use this phrase um, in my teachings is that we can never have enough of what we never really wanted. And what wow. I mean by us, I'm going to say it again, because it, it always lands a lot for people. We can never have enough of what we never really wanted. And what I mean by that is if we 
if what we really wanted was a sense of belonging or to be seen or to feel loved. And we are working and working and working and trying to get the success and the money and the, uh, the attention and all the things to try it, that will never give us what we really want, which is why it will never be enough. And it's, it's, so, it's so painful. It's like an empty search, isn't it? God, yeah, that lands so much. What a like beautiful, um, oh, just what, yeah, that's just it. It, it kind of pins <laughs> that it, exactly that kind of exhausting, forever hunting, forever kind of looking, forever searching, and it's just exhausting. The the the, the searching, um, yes. and yeah, you can you can never have enough. And I I kind of always say that it's like the gold at the end of the rainbow at the end of the day you kind of give up like on your route to find that rainbow yeah so what is it that you really wanted I just really wanted acceptance I think um and you know I think my like tendency to be a bit of a people pleaser like fits into that too um and you know and deep down I think you know well why did I want to be liked and why did I want to be accepted and you know I think then it comes down to like well or safety like you're always going to be kind of like in the tribe you're going to feel safe you're going to feel light you're going to feel like people want you around um and that's a really nice feeling to like feel like people want you around and um and yeah, for, I think for some reason, I, you know, that desire like triggers, like obviously clearly as, as we know with this work, you've got to find self-acceptance and self-trust. And that's what I write about a lot, but, you know, you think to yourself, well, you know, I, it, why was it that I had such little self-trust and self, little self-acceptance and, you know, so deeply self-critical and I'm sure. Yeah you know, many people can relate to a very, very loud inner critic. Um, But yeah, loud inner critics definitely make kind of the search more intense. Of course. And, you know, we kind of, we get born into a world that doesn't educate us in self-acceptance. It doesn't educate us in self-trust. In fact, you know, most of what we absorb just from modern society is is that we need to keep bettering ourselves or or that or there's a there's a better way to be and we look at all the images and we look at all the movies and we look at all these kind of projected um, pictures of what is the ideal version of happiness or the ideal version of 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 a woman or a man or or mm. or, or the way or the way to be and so we're constantly we're already sort of set up to be in this battle um rather than really knowing that who we are as we are is enough um i mean if everybody on the planet really knew that we would have a completely different world wouldn't we <laughs> it would right be a completely different planet exactly but you know as you said you know we as we are is enough you know the greatest change i think that happened to me was actually asking myself but who are you then who are you to like you actually have to know who you are to be able to accept that person and I'd spent so many years trying to fit 
into the mold that I felt would get me the most self-acceptance. Oh, well, okay, if I, you know, if I'm a TV presenter, well, look at them. They, they're, they're on television smiling. That's what I want to do. And yeah. my career up until like 26 was just kind of like chasing the, the most accepted path. And, um, and then suddenly when you realize that you're a triangle trying to fit into a hexagon shape, um, it's, it's kind of painful actually. Cause you're like, Oh, why can't I just be a hexagon? Life would be so much easier if I was a hexagon. <laughs> and, and then you get told time, time again, but you're a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But the problem is, is that if we even, if we did become the hexagon, we probably still wouldn't feel enough or we probably still yeah. wouldn't feel at peace because it's an illusion that the hexagon is at peace. <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? It's like, there's always going to be something that's going to be off. So let's come back to you then. So you, you have this burnout or you're, you're really, you really realize that this is not serving you um, and it's affecting your, your health and your, your mental health. What in that moment, when you think about that time, when did surrender start coming in? I was having, I was in, in the middle of having really difficult business partners and um and it was with my second uh, business that I'd set up and that was the moment when I suddenly when you're setting up a business it's no longer like kind of based on your activity it's a collaboration of individuals and the one thing that I tried so desperately to do was change the people I was in business with and that was just creating more anger, resentment, frustration. Um, as I'm sure anyone listening has, you know, in, in any sort of relationships, they, they can be the most frustrating things because you have zero control over anybody else. And I <laughs> really didn't want to believe that and really felt that I could, I could change it somehow. And, um, and it was just making me so sick. It was, you know, I would be lying awake at night thinking about them. I would change my whole mm -hmm. life, um, because I, you know, was thinking about them and, you know, I could sit here and say, but they weren't being very nice. They were being this, they were being that. And, um, me playing the victim, like also wasn't helping the situation. What was the point of getting all this sympathy over how mean this person was being? And the only route forward for me to, you know, actually look after my health and to survive in this business was just to let go of my need or desire to change and have full acceptance of who I was in business with for, you know, whatever reason. Yeah. I was there and that, yeah. and just accepting that challenge that I had been sent. Yes. And so what did that bring up for you when you finally let go of trying to make it different? What, what, what happened next? 
And kind of just say it took years. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, you, you know, you read a book like yours and you are like inspired and you listen to the podcast and you, you know, you go to some of your courses. And it is like every single day, it's a muscle that constantly need yeah. work. And like the book is the beginning. It's yeah, the beginning of the journey. Yeah. So, you know, this took, this was over a process of three years trying to accept because on the Monday I'd say, right. I know I've got it. I know what I've got to do. I've got to surrender and I've got to accept. And suddenly you're good, you're good, you're good. For whatever reason, you haven't slept so well. You're in that kind of low energy reserve mode um, where, you know, you're kind of screeching at kind of the gear stick to get to your higher self, but you're kind of not in your higher self mode. Um, and you're a bit busy and, you know, the, you're just being human. And suddenly you get that one email, that message, and all my surrendering goes completely out the window. And I'm back to being like, why would they do that? <laughs> and then the cycle starts again on Monday. Yeah. Whew, can't change it. Can't change it. Can I accept? And uh, so it took me a long time. But when I gradually was able to stay in that surrendering um, kind of space. Oh my God. Finally, digestion came back. And my physical body is like my signpost as to like, are things working, are things not? And so my digestion, when I'm stressed, it just stops and maybe a bit TMI, but constipated for days. And it is, it's kind of literally, you're literally (laughs) holding on. You're literally unable to surrender. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people will identify with that. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Everything. Oh gosh. And, um, and then, Oh God, it was just totally blissful. And I suddenly thought, why for so many years have I been clinging on to and not accepting the things that I can't change? Um, And it is, you know, people, you read about peace, you hear about peace. And I don't think I ever really quite realized what it felt like or what it was because I've been so out of peace for so many years. It almost became my normal to be out of peace. Um, And so it felt strange. Yeah. 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 I I actually write about that in the book that, and I, and I, it's, it's one of the most important things that I teach with my clients is that when you see, we think, we say we want to 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 be free of this behavior or free of this pattern or free of this story but when it goes and we get ex- we experience ourselves in a different place it's very unsettling <laughs> it's like it's like an identity crisis isn't it literally i remember my husband and i we had a moment after we had rebirthed our marriage and we'd renewed our vows and the u- the time where we would usually trigger each other and the fight would happen it didn't happen. And we were just, it, it was very unsettling. We both felt very uncomfortable. We weren't used to it <laughs> at all. We were like, what do we do with all this space? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so peace felt strange. <laughs> yeah, peace felt strange, but God, it felt good. And And I had to let go of the outcome that I wanted because what was happening was I saw the goal I wanted and these, these, these 
partners of mine were in this obstacle in the way. And, um, and so what really helped me to surrender was saying, I don't need what's on the other side of that obstacle. I don't, that the word need, I don't need what I think I need to fight for. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine right here. And if, if everything goes tits up, goes tits up because that's going to be unfolding perfectly. And as soon as I let go of like Mm. the real need um, to have what I think I wanted, that was um, a huge part of being able to surrender. Yeah. Gosh, I can, I, you see, as you said that I even felt myself breathe deeper. It's like, oh yes, that whole thing of we're absolutely certain that we need that the way that we think it's going to be, we need it, we need it. And then when you realize actually if, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Really? We're going to be okay. And it's just such a relief. It's everything just softens. Everything just opens up and, 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 and the whole gripping in the body and the breath and everything is just like, goodness. Yes. I'm breathing now too. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I think it's so simple that, that we miss it. And it's a continuous lesson, I think, for, for, for human beings in general that, you know, I, I write a chapter about it in the book. I call it letting go of pictures. Mm. So we have this, this picture in our mind of how we think it needs to be in order to give us what we think we want to fix the lack of something that we don't think we have already. And that picture just keeps us in a state of such suffering and also blocks us from being able to really see other possibilities. Like we're so like tunnel vision on this one way that we don't see anything else. <laughs> yeah. So true. In so tell um, me. I write about um about being stiff, being a stiff thinker. And we're so rigid in, you know, the things we think we want or our, you know, our deep need and vertical commas to be right and um and the thought of being wrong like how does that make us feel what does that do like oh, no not me I'm not wrong I know I'm right and thus I know that's what I want and I've always been even since I was about 12 I used to have a goal and say I don't I'm gonna do everything to reach that goal and um that kind of like really I guess was great in some ways because it gave me motivation. It gave me drive, but then it quickly, everything out of moderation, it quickly turns really maladaptive where you're so fixated on this one goal that you've come up with. It's an illusion in itself and, um, and the destination. And for me, what came really with surrender was trusting that the universe, the world, whatever you want to call it, God, he, they had a plan. They, it's it like like trusting in trusting in a destination that potentially is even better, but our very human vision can't can't see yet. And um, so, in the process of surrender, it really strengthened um, my I guess connection with a with a higher source and and knowing that 
I have a very, I have human goggles on, um, and and often I, I I'm not sure what's around the corner. Yeah, I love that human goggles on. <laughs> I think that's so beautiful. So tell me and tell the listeners in that process, and I'm sure it took time. What were some of the things that started to reveal themselves? that were new possibilities that you just wouldn't have imagined or you wouldn't have thought could would come? Like what started to, because in my book, I, there, I, I split the book into three phases, seeing that really in the process of surrender, there are three phases. There's the ending phase where something has to come to an end. And oh, then that's there's hard. the love phase. The ego death. Yeah, it's Ooh. really hard. Yep really hard no one says it was going to be easy you know I even I even say that in the book it's like if if someone asked you do you want to be do you want to be your most empowered authentic and free self and everyone will say yes 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 but very few of us really know what that meant when we said yes Mm. (laughs) what that requires so the beginning is an ending and then and then there's love that we have to build a new foundation. And you said, like learning how to listen to something bigger, deepening a connection to something bigger, take, learning how to take care of yourself. And when, when you really sort of create a new foundation, then birthing starts to come through new, new possibilities, new ideas, new relationships. Tell us what started to come through that you just hadn't planned and you weren't expecting. Well, I think, I mean, my entire, um, funnily enough, I would say when I truly started embracing surrendering, the pandemic hit, which was really interesting because it, um, it, it, it was this really physical change in the world that mirrored in a way what was going on like inside of me. Um, um, and it, and it was really strange because I'd been again, such a over super controller of life. It, mm-hmm. I, I remember it was kind of, and as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a newbie in the, in the surrender journey. I'm, I'm a new, I'm, I'm a surrender baby. So <laughs> everyone who's starting their surrender, their journey, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, and it was kind of like, mm-hmm. I, I'd had to start really surrendering because I had the, I had the breakdown and then I realized that I, I needed to practice, but this muscle to, as I said, took a few years to like actually seep into what it really meant. And it was about kind of like two or three years later. And I remember it was like beginning of last year, like January, February. And I was like, and I finally just, I used the like, uh, kind of what's coming up for me is like, I washed my hands. Finally, I washed my hands of just all the things that I was trying to surrender, but couldn't. I just finally washed my hands of everything. And it was unbelievable what the world did. It like within 30 minutes, I had that phone call that said the thing that I'd fought so much for, for years, within 30 minutes, it was all sorted. And I was like, this is nuts. I've tried. And when I was finally willing to walk away, that phone call came and it was everything that I had been fighting for, but it only came when I'd finally detached. And then two months later, the world said, 
right? Or shutting down. And um, and again, it was it because you know, COVID like almost forced us to have a collective surrendering. We had to surrender Absolutely. our routine and mm-hmm. our habits and uh, yep. you know, and and the world 1.0. And so it was like a pretty big year last year for me in terms of like, and then when um, I remember seeing your book cover and I just smiled because I thought, oh, what a brilliant book. (laughs) I hadn't even read it yet. I thought, (laughs) what a brilliant book because it just (laughs) summed up uh, like really everything that I had like gone through like personally. And yeah. and for the first time, I, and again, I was kind of like really learning about this too. For the first time, I was able to be in my feminine energy. And what I'd realized, I was so in my masculine. I was so in like, you know, the like incessant emails and the dotting the I's and the T's and the controlling. And like, I was so in my masculine out of fear that the surrendering process finally allowed me to be in my feminine energy and having been single for years I was single for like seven eight years um I look back now and I'm so unsurprised I was and it was only when I suddenly was able to sink into my feminine energy that again like without even trying a lovely guy just popped into my life and again I was like laughed I'm like the universe you're hilarious <laughs> you've got it really does send you to your point it really sends you down a tough horrible path that you just don't think you're going to like ever get through and then on the other side there is this kind of like meadow and you're like oh, I could have got here a bit earlier probably had I just actually you know <laughs> yes. um, well you know what I I have I have that conversation with one of my teachers often, like, you know, sometimes we we talk about how human beings behave. And by the way, what you're speaking about, it is personal, it is individual, but it, but it's also universal. Like you're speaking about the human struggle. You're speaking about the human condition where different details, different um, moving parts, but the pattern, the, the kind of internal struggle and fight of, versus what is versus what we think it should be is happening inside of everybody in some form. (laughs) And I often have this conversation with my teacher when we're like, you know, was it all a big joke? Like, did life, is this just like a big joke by God that he created this animal (laughs) that has this like powerful mind? (laughs) We're the only animal that has this self-reflecting mind. Um, (laughs) That was it all a big joke? And actually, you know, I'm laughing, but no, it it isn't a big joke because we're, we're actually meant to go through everything that you were just speaking of. Why first? Why? Because then, then we in, in the internal struggle, somehow we hope we start to gain different insights about who we've been being and what is it that's leading us and how effective and and how destructive this is. And then that creates shifts in consciousness and shifts in your perception. And then we begin to keep sort of outgrowing and um, these states of being, which allows a maturing. That's why my work is called maturation. We mature into new ways, into new ways to be. 
And that just keeps going. Like that opportunity just keeps going and going and going. So, you know, most of the people that end up in programs with me have have had to go through what you're speaking of quite a lot because you have to kind of have had enough pain before mm. you're ready to to think that some that maybe you, you you've got to give up the control here. Maybe whatever you're doing isn't quite going to give you what you want. It's not going to get get you where you want to be. So true. It for me, it was like giving up the shopping list. I had this very mm. firm shopping list of like. I'm going to have this and this, and I need this because I can't get to this if I don't have this ingredient. And, um, and when I finally was like, you know what? I don't need that ingredient. (laughs) You don't even need the list. (laughs) You don't even need the list. And that's the thing is that we're so busy trying to get the shopping list that we are missing our life. Mm. And it's, and it's in the present moments of life that magic happens, that, people walk into our life that we would have missed if we were so busy bulldozing our way forward. Like you're speaking about this person, this lovely man that's come into your life and, and these other opportunities that have come into your life. And it's just, and this feminine energy that's, that you've been able to soften into, you know, we, we miss these opportunities because we're so busy bulldozing our way to what we think it's the way we think it should be. And 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 the way we think it should be is in the future led by the past and we're missing the present. A hundred, a hundred and a million and trillion percent. And again, for my <laughs> little inner critic, um, to, to, totally. And it's, it's, you know, it, it in a way, surrender is freedom. It's, it's, and, and, and freedom, I think is when I really think, what do I want in life? It is, it's mental freedom because when we have that freedom, the space for creativity and fun and lightness and, you know, allowing myself to not go to bed at the bedtime. I, you know, yeah. even on the minutia of like allowing my schedule to go totally array and um, allowing myself to be messy and imperfect. And, and I think sometimes when I kind of started on this journey, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be a perfect spiritual um kind of like seeker (laughs) (laughs) I just turned perfectionism to one thing to another I'm gonna have I'm gonna have perfect mental health I'm gonna set up up a company oh well if you're the founder of a mental health company you should have perfect mental health you should even be happier than the rest (laughs) of them because if you're not happy clearly your your app doesn't work um (laughs) so having to like let go of that um and realizing I was never gonna never gonna have perfect mental health um was uh was quite a delight in learning yes then you can then you just get to be human <laughs> thank goodness Whew. yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness thank goodness we can be human oh poppy thank you it's beautiful to sit here with you um i feel like it was a lifetime ago when we were first introduced to each other and it's been so beautiful watching you just you know going through the whole journey with happy not perfect and then seeing your book come out and I'm so happy to hear that you are in this this peaceful place and you've got love in your life. And yeah, it's just really, really beautiful to hear your story. So thank you. Thank you so much. So I have one last question to ask. If you were to 
have one thing that you wanted to say or pass on to someone that's in that struggle that's just holding on so tight and their body is gripping and they can't go to the loo and they can't breathe and their mind is hurting and and they're in that pain what would you want to say to them the quote that I return to again and again and again and it is what is meant for you will not pass you by and for me it's just those words I repeat it all the time because inevitably we have that fear of like missing out or kind of like fear of you know not getting maybe the job um but yeah uh, what is meant for you will not pass you by I have it above my desk I have it in my diary and I just come back to it it's actually my screensaver because it just reminds me that a, it takes away any sort of kind of like fear of like comparison or because, you know, what's meant for you will never pass you by. You will always get the things that are meant for you. And it just, it, it like helps me to return um, to surrender, to self-trust and um, mm. and and into kind of love and, and away from fear. So yeah, that's, that. those words have been deeply helpful. And um and having people like you um, who, like your content that you can follow, it's so important. My Instagram has totally changed from what it was. And it really is honestly like Nikki uh, meets a quote blog. <laughs> and it is, I'm so, you know. You, I love your Instagram You are what you now. can see. <laughs> you are what you consume so um yes. making sure that I'm just like constantly surrounded by content like yours um I think is like deeply helpful thank you so much for that oh Poppy really I wish you so well and I hope everybody gets your book if you haven't read Happy Not Perfect please go and buy it now Poppy where can my listeners find you and where can they get hold of your book you can find me on Instagram, just at Poppy Jamie. Um, Happy Not Perfect is also on Instagram and uh, you can buy Happy Not Perfect to any bookstores. And uh, yes, always love to hear from anyone and everyone. And I can't wait to have you back on my podcast to, uh, to get stuck into surrender. I've got so many questions since I've been reading it. Um, and yeah, it's a joy and delight always to chat. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.